Welcome to the Decompression Chamber. I am Andrea, your humble host, and joining me this week is my old, uh, I guess you'd say mentor, but also boss uh, from the University of Utah Veterans Support Center, Roger Perkins. How are you doing today, Roger? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> my pleasure. All right. So uh, we'll we'll kind of start from the beginning. As you know, it's uh, a discussion regarding military service, but of course, uh, it's not just the during, it's the before and after that I'm interested in as well. So uh, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Well, the grow up part is still in process, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I went to, I, I grew up in uh, California in the Bay Area in the 60s. All right. uh, I actually was, in, yes, I was in Haight-Ashbury in 68 for the summer of love for 24 whole hours. Wow. And then I got hungry and I went home, got some beat. Makes sense. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Not as cool as people think, but the music was great. Yes. Like, uh, went in the Army in 1970 right out of high school. Um, seemed like the thing to do. And then uh, I was 17. And what an education that was. I turned 18 on the night fire range in basic training in Fort Ord. And nobody cared. Oh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. You know, but um, I started out as, as, a, uh, as a high-speed Morris intercept operator. Okay. Which meant I copied Morse code down, uh, different countries, different places, sure. and um, sent that to the people that could read the code because it was all encrypted. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So y'all, you get the letters and numbers. It's not nearly as sexy. The fun start is stuff is before and after when the operators are talking. And if you want to know who's easy in Kamchatka, I can tell you because they talked about it. Okay. But, um, did that for, for seven years, got out, went to college, uh, took a commission, okay. went back in, just commissioned infantry. I did that for a few years, got pulled back into Intel and uh, got with Special Forces, did that for a while. Wow. It was uh, kind of a mishmash, you know. Uh, yeah, definitely a, a varied career. Now, you said you went in in 1970. I mean, backdrop of Vietnam still there, the draft still going on, and you just figured Absolutely. you would beat that? I had high no, I had high school friends that went to Vietnam. Wow! And I had a few that didn't come back. My God! You know, so Vietnam was definitely still hot and heavy. Yeah. But you you know as well as I do that's you don't realize it at the time. Yeah. You go in with a lot of faith, a lot of faith in a blank slate. Mm. You know, but uh, but that's that's part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but it uh, it worked out for me, so I really can't complain. Sure. So sure. At 21, uh, got out in uh, 1991, retired uh, right after the storm was over. We won. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's a good time to leave. So I got out before Clinton. That was good. Yeah. And um, got on the civilian side, and that was an adjustment. Oh, it, it always is. Oh, man. Well, it is. Even though you had experience getting out as a civilian before going back to college, I mean, that you were just out for that time to get your schooling done and get a commission or how did that go environment, mm -hmm. which was the military yeah. to another fairly regimented environment, which was education you had to be to a certain place at a certain time Yep. and do a certain task, you know, and man, a month after I got, uh, after I graduated, I was right back in. So it wow. really wasn't that hard transition. It was, it was like a really long, very easy TDY or yeah. TAD or you call it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I got into higher ed, Mm -hmm. uh, I taught geography at uh, Utah State University for about seven or eight years. Wow. Uh, go Aggies. 
Then, uh, yeah, whichever team I'm with at the time, I worked at Weber State. Uh, wound up that's how I got into the Veterans Center business there. Okay. Wound up getting I worked for Western Governors University as a uh, assistant. I was an assistant something, assistant dean. I think it was it was the title. It changed a lot. Yeah. You know yeah. what I did was I organized teachers and classes. Okay. Then um, got up to the U, and you know all the junk I did there. Retired and. Here I am in all my glory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, now I kind of, you said Western Governors University. Now I know why you recommended them for online education for anyone who thought they wanted to do, yeah, do it, that through you. Yeah. Uh-oh. Am I losing you? They're doing it on a competency student. But uh, for those who can, it's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I ran into that a lot too, either while working at the U or, or later on, even with my VSO experience where people think they want to matriculate into a four-year university and do online classes. And it's like, Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are not doing this. Correctly. It's own special set of problems that people don't realize. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so once you, you got your commission, um, now were you doing ROTC or was it OCS? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, like you say, you got your commission, you went right back. Um, did you have any selection as to what you'd be doing as an officer? Did you want to go Intel oh, yeah. or? Well, you know, you can always state your preference. Yes. <laughs> Those uh, are usually crumpled up and thrown away, but. You know. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not uh, even looking. <laughs> yeah. And there's a spec four that makes that call. That was really great. Any four, you know, I'll get that guy. But uh, yeah, you, you get the state of preference. You get three branches that's, that, that you can go into. And believe it or not, I chose infantry. Wow. Because that is the basic level for leadership. Mm -hmm. and, I, and leadership was something I always took an interest in, you know. Okay. And I learned real well in that environment. I learned, I learned two real good things. Yeah. One is that everybody thinks infantrymen are dumb. You know, nope. some of them are uneducated. Right, right. But by and large, most of them are pretty doggone smart and they get things done. Yeah. The second thing was going without sleep or food really sucks. Yes, it does. You would think you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. So, you do learn <laughs> yeah. in case. There, I got to, uh, just like every other assignment you ever take, the system works the same. Okay. You ask where you want to go. They see what the needs of the service is. If, if they can, they honestly do try to place you. So, yeah. but I'll tell you the hard, the weirdest thing about being an officer was when I got there, I met a, met a guy named, named John and, and he, was, he was my buddy. We were in the same unit here with platoon leaders together. And we went down to CIF, which is where they issue you all your army gear, okay. you know, helmets and all this other junk, right? So we're going through this line and they're giving me helmets and, and, and backpacks and web gear and all the, the, the accoutrements, you know? And I'm noticing all of it's still in plastic. <laughs> it's all new, you know? Wow. And I, I know, exactly. And I, John was not a prior enlisted guy. Yeah. So he thought this was normal. <laughs> and I got in the line. I, I, said, I said, I like this. You guys are giving me all new stuff. And, and the, the guy in trail, a little spec four goes, well, you're an officer. And John goes, well, aren't you, aren't we picking up new gear? I said, 
John, you never yeah. get New Year. <laughs> you know, never it was happens. great. That part of it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You see the it benefits so immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I picked up, I thought, what is wrong with this picture? You know? Now, uh, how much, I'm, I'm sure, well, and who knows how much percentage wise it played into it, but what's your bachelor's degree in and did that help at all? History. Okay. I should know this. I mean, I know that I've, with my history teaching degree, mm-hmm. Here, but here's here's why I took history. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I was going back into service. Yeah. I knew that unless I was going to be a doctor or a lawyer, then my degree was irrelevant. Okay. So I took what I enjoyed and I took history. And actually, like you, I got to teach it once, you know, once I got out. So yeah, that was a good thing. Taught Western civilization and uh, U.S. history up to 1864. Ah, the only histories that matter, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, the fun stuff happened, man. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Depression, that's depressing, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, the samurai are great and all, but I'd rather read about the Middle Ages and, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, and while I was teaching, the Soviet Union fell. And I, it was right at, right at the time. Isn't that wild? That I hit the, the fall of the Roman Empire. So it was a great teaching point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks. and... You were in Germany when the wall came down, weren't you? Yes, I was. Wow. What what was that like? It, it you know, it was it was very bizarre. I, uh, I was I was like, yeah, I was a Brigade S2, which is the intelligence officer for a brigade, about 3,500 guys. We had about 600 tanks, you know, mm-hmm. had tank every brigade, two tank battalions, and infantry battalion. And uh, we're our, our, our battle positions were was right at the Czech border. Okay. And when this all went down, we were back at a training area mm-hmm. and as luck would have it that night, cause there's nothing going on. We we're all sitting around talking, you know, shooting the crap. And one guy said, well, you know, you, you've got a, I had a master's in international relations by that stage. Mm-hmm. And this one of my buddies said, well, you got your master's and all that stuff. When do you think the walls are going to come down? So I mustered up all my solid education. I said, well, you know, there's a, there's a difference in power grids. There's a difference in rail gauge between East German railroads and West German railroads, East German railroads are smart. And all this other stuff. So I don't think it'll be for at least three or four more years. And I went to bed and a guy woke me up and said, hey, genius, you're completely full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) The wall's going down right now. You need to be in this. Whoa, you know, so it was amazing. We uploaded, uh, we had all of our ammunition with us because that's the way he did it back then. Yeah. We uploaded live ammunition and we're rolling through, uh, Herman the German's farm fields trying to get to our combat position before anything went bad. Right. Yeah. You just and don't know what's going to happen. They were taking down borders and barriers. And we knew we weren't going across. So. <laughs> exactly. That that wave is only coming one way. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> we rolled for about an hour and a half. It did an tremendous amount of, tremendous amount of damage to German farms because we were spread all over their fields and stuff, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, we had to pay for that later. Wow. But... Um, Okay, guy came on the radio and I said, "Hey, nothing's happening. Go home." Unbelievable. So, well, I know we, we went. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because that's I, the I, thing; it's the uncertainty. You have no yeah. idea. We had there was no way in hell we could have stopped them. We could have hurt them. Yeah. We could have stopped. Wow. And that was the point: was to slow them down. So. Yeah, yeah. Glad that didn't go through. So it was kind of cool. I spent Thanksgiving that year in uh, East Berlin. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. and and you couldn't have possibly thought, you know, just a couple months earlier that 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 would be the case. No. 
what two or three years. Yeah, <laughs> long after I get my orders out of here. <laughs> and you were uh, you were Major I have Perkins. No credibility uh, in my headquarters anymore. You know, it was like yeah. <clears throat> and I take it you were Major Perkins uh, by that point. Uh, no, I was still captain. Oh, really? I, I didn't make major. It took twelve years to make major. Wow. Back in those days, and I didn't make major till just before Desert Storm kicked off. And I had, by that point, I was a G2 of Army Special Forces Command, so. Okay. And yeah. uh, what uh, what did, was your role with uh, Special Forces? I mean, you're still working in intelligence at that time, but how did you interact with them? It, well, I started out when I was enlisted, and I was on a signals intelligence team. And what we would do is we would go, there with all three of us, <laughs> we could go behind enemy lines that we had uh, collect on radios, mm-hmm. you know, get the thing, we'd do direction finding. And we'd send that back uh, through burst transmission to another place, and they would play with it and get it out to the maneuver elements or the teams that need it. And uh, had about a week that they thought we'd last, so yay team. You know? <laughs> uh, when I became an officer, though, I was doing basic intelligence stuff. I was doing intelligence preparation of the battlefield. I was doing analysis, you know, things like that, and kind of stayed with that uh, right up through the end of my career. As a G2, of course, does i Took that job before Desert Storm kicked off. Actually, no, I did. Desert Storm kicked off, and then I got the job. That's right. Okay. But um, it was it was uh, it was really I put everything I'd ever learned in the military from an intelligence perspective to use in that job at that time. So it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, sure. and, and we actually came out pretty good on it, so it was okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, yeah. A, a great uh, great effort by all. Now what? <laughs> what um what got the transition from you going from infantry infantry back into an intelligence role but as an officer this time there, there were a lot of play things in that there was a, a shortage of tactical intelligence officers at the time okay and um i'd already been an infantry officer i had good numbers they were gonna send me to germany and and, and make me a uh, mechanized infantry company commander and i said i don't want to do that you oh, know? okay well, and the guy told me, tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yay, team. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, about that time, I got a call from uh, from MI branch where a friend of mine was working. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Navy, they do assignments the same way. You have your, your, your MOS, and there's a guy up there, Mr. Wizard or, or Ms. Wizard, that sets there and figures out where you go. Yep. And it's the same thing with officers. Yeah. You know, I just happened to know somebody that was there, and he said, and he had done the same thing I had done, but he'd gone back into Intel. Okay. And he said, and he said, um, we're short tactical intelligence officers. We need somebody to go to the special forces group. You interested in that? I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Did you know anything about it or it's just, uh, it sounds oh, yeah. good. It was, it's yeah, not a mechanized. Well, I didn't know what I was getting into from the Intel side. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I knew what special forces did. Sure. Uh, I didn't realize how boring intelligence really, intelligence really was. They didn't have you, you jumping know? out of planes for this, uh, particular role. Yeah. Oh, they Every did. Month. Okay, so not all bad. You got eighteen-year proficiency. It's a skill, okay. nice. which is why I'm hobbling around now. You know, wow. but uh, yeah, you did. You jumped. You did all that stuff. I did deployments. I went to Egypt. I went to Syria. Not Syria. Uh, Jordan. Wow. Looked at Syria. <laughs> I went to Israel. You know, things like that. So you you did different things. Went to different places in Africa. Things like that, you know, uh, as as both as part of the job and, and to support other people doing the job. So it was it was it was interesting as hell. Oh, I bet. Now, I, mentioning that, I, how many countries would you say you've been to as a result of your military service? 
what do you count? <laughs> yes. Living there like forever or just going there and doing something and leaving? Doing something and leaving. Put it that way. I counted them up. Now that you asked about two months ago, I had a reunion with a bunch of guys. Okay. And it was 22. 22? 22 countries that I, that I put boots on the ground, stayed for a period of time, and then came back out. That's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, that's, um, it was a fun life. 21 more than, than the Navy sent, sent me to. So, <laughs> well, that's all water in the middle, you know? Yeah. That's where you work. You know, we work in, in, but it was never a cool place. I never got to go to Jamaica. Right. You know, shoot, Lichtenstein. Yeah, I got to go like to, to one jungle in Africa, then a, you know, a desert somewhere, and then a, somewhere and they all sucked i imagine <laughs> deserts were a very common theme late in your career so pretty much yeah as, yeah as they have been for the military our military for the past you know 30 years or something yeah um so yeah desert storm comes and goes you got out right after that or were you thinking about staying it, it in? Ended in i want to say march of 91 and i retired in november of 91 Okay. So work. I got time to welcome everybody back, but there were a lot of other things going on though. People don't realize that there was a, uh, sure. a, a coup attempt in the Philippines. There was a uh, wow. uh, the Tantan Mahot, which was the uh, uh, the, the bad guys in, in Haiti. They came back. Yeah. People had to deal with that. You know, there are all kinds of things going on. So I was a busy boy. Oh, I I can but, imagine. Uh, now it was what made you decide you wanted to get out. Was it okay? I've hit. 20 years or what what was your deciding factor you know you know when you go in mm -hmm. the maximum amount of time you can do is 30 years sure without congressional approval yep so senior ncos and, and flag officers can get congressional for the place longer 30 years is all you're going to get all mm -hmm. right and you know that there is a certain amount of time you have that you have to hold rank yes time time and grade time of service right and uh there's no way i was going to make 06 yeah. and there's no way probably i was going to make 05 wow and so so but that's okay i knew that going in i had seven years enlisted out of that 30 so i really had a, a much shorter window and I, I was very honest about that myself when i went in mm -hmm. but um the real impetus was i told my kids that when they hit junior high we wouldn't move anymore that's and that just happened to point side right there so we went to logan utah the cultural center of the United States <laughs> and, uh, and lived there for my son's high, junior high and high school years. Okay. Then we moved to Ogden and lived there for my daughter's junior high and high school years. Yeah. Then we moved to Salt Lake and it took us a few years to ask ourselves, why are we still here? Yeah. So, so when we retired, we moved back to North Carolina. Awesome. Awesome. So, but it was my kids. It was the biggest sentence. So, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, the transition and this is the real one. Where okay, no, I really do need to get a civilian job. I'm not going to be going back to school. Uh, did you have uh, a solid plan getting out? And if so, how long did it take you to come up with that? Uh, I've been planning on it for a while. I'm a planner. Yeah. Okay, that's that's and mostly when I get into jobs, even Intel jobs, you have a plan. You know how to do things, and I was a pretty good planner. So I started working on this about three years to retire. First question was, do I retire? Mm -hmm. Are, are not, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So once that decision was made, it's okay, well, 
It's, this is my perk chart, you know, and uh, you uh, something the army taught me. And uh, I, I wanted to be a history teacher, a high school history teacher. There you go. Yeah. So um, do we have time for a little story? In this? Of course. We've got plenty of time. Okay. So I went ahead and uh, we were in Utah and, and I, I was trying to find work. And I thought, well, you know, this, this is doing well. So because Logan is not a big hotspot for employment. So I went and, and I thought, well, I'll go to school and use it for the rest of my GI Bill, get my teaching certificate. Smart. And I, I went in and I thought, well, what would be a good thing to look at, right? Yeah. So I, history, of course. And I had some prereqs. I had to do a geography class as a prereq. Okay. So I went in and I talked to uh, the head of the department, which was a Brit guy, okay. who had, as luck would have it, had been a, a career intelligence officer in the British Army wow. with ties to SAS. Wow. So I didn't find that out until later, but you know, we were sitting there feeling each other out. He's talking about transfer of credits, right? Uh-huh. And he, I'd say something, he'd go, oh. <laughs> and he'd say something, I'd go, hmm. You know, and, yeah. And after I figured out, so he, he called me up uh, about an hour after I left. He says, hey, uh, we've got a position open for somebody to catalog maps. Do you know anything about maps? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. I know how to not get lost during that land nav, so let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived off maps, you know. Sure. So I said, sure, I can do that. He says, pay us some extra money when you go to school. I said, great. So I, he said, okay, I'll call you back. About 20 minutes later, he called back and said, look, we also have a, an adjunct teaching position opening up wow. to teach land navigation and our, our map reading. This is map interpretation. I said, right. so what's map interpretation yeah he goes because he had the same background I he goes it's land navigation i said piece of cake let's yeah, do no, that no problem says, okay great yeah so I'm, I'm thinking wow this is great this is working out perfect yeah right god for me to go to school and get this degree this is great right yeah then he calls back and says, you know we have a position opening up for an instructor which is a faculty rank wow but you don't need a phd so it'd be full time. You wouldn't be able to go to school. Yeah, I said, yes. Yeah, I'd much yeah. rather do that. Are you crazy? Much yeah. rather your money. So I wound up teaching uh, geography instead of going to school. Wow. Took me another probably another ten years to get my teacher's gifted. I got that at Weber State. Oh, okay, great. That was the plan, and that job totally threw a wrench in it. Well, hey, it, I was talk about to... it's all about who you know, and the crazy part of it is, is you didn't really know this guy. Just no, having that similar backgrounds. Like, we, we picked a lot up on each other, you know. You know well, your intelligence like, guys. I'm sure you're, you know, oh, yeah, I can look at how he sips his coffee or tea. You know, it's like when you meet another vet. It is. Yeah. You it is know. absolutely true. Yeah, you got so that link. Weird. Yeah, I, it's like I tell everybody. I mean, uh, you know, you get to talking to someone. I mean, I think a lot of people have in their minds when they think of a veteran, they think of someone, you know, who's infantry downrange and i mean definitely god bless those guys but yeah but there's a lot of people who served you know a boiler technician 30 years ago in the navy and it's like boom we're going back and forth throwing down terms and and reminiscing and two totally different eras that we served but i mean there's just so much in common right off the bat it's it's and you know it's the same thing with foreign guys too yeah you know i'm uh uh, i played pickleball and i (laughs) visiting right now and he's uh he's playing with us and he retired out of the indian army go figure wow Ding. Yeah. i mean we play so well together as a team mm-hmm. 
just instinct. I know where he's going to be. And we don't know how this works. We talked about it, but we know. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. And we're kicking ass. <laughs> Got to take over, take over the world. Got your, well, at least the pickleball court. Yeah. My wife lets me stay down here tonight. You know, it's actually, yeah. Too. But, um, Oh, so that's who the plan. I got to it eventually, but I wound up working in administration more than anything else. So. Okay, so you, but I mean, you had that that teaching job, and then from there, I mean, you kept teaching. You kind of stayed in the academic realm. I stayed in the academic realm most. I had a, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd teach or stay in there until I got tired of being poor. <laughs> of course. Then I'd go out and be a project manager somewhere for a couple of years, and I'd come back in and be poor again. You know. Yeah. But uh, it worked out real well. It worked out real well, and I, I'll. Um, I'll lay this out for those people that of your listeners are thinking about retirement and looking at that. There's three things you want to, to, to achieve mm-hmm. when you retire. You want to get money. Yep. You want to get job satisfaction and you want to be in a, in a good place yep. physically, geographically. Mm-hmm. Two out of three ain't bad. This is true. So if you can get three, that's a good thing. Yep. But keep in mind the two of those are, are, are fairly satisfying. You can't do it just for money. No, you I, really can't. No, it'll suck your soul. I know several guys that have done that and it never works out. Do it for money and a good location. Do it for money and a great job. You know? Yeah. But just for money alone is is that's that never works. I'm stunned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just a, that was, you know. It's one thing if it's like your first job and you're at least gaining valuable experience out of it, you know, Hey, this position's got a shelf life. I'm going to be onto something else. Um, but yeah, for, for just money. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it's never worth it. You know, beer costs, gas costs. It you sure got to have something, but it can't be your primary motivation. No, you're really as much as you might want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Know? There's, there's easier ways of making money. I'm sure. And so I've been told, I don't know. I haven't figured yeah. it out yet. <laughs> not, let me know how that works. <laughs> so how did you make the switch? Uh, so teaching and project management, you're bouncing back and forth between those. Um, but then you said you got into administration. Of course, I and met you. You just froze up. Uh-oh. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Damn. Damn technology. Uh, but you teaching, project management, you worked your way into administration. And then, of course, I met you like through veterans support veteran services um how did you uh make the transitions through there was it just a matter of job opening at another school or, or how did you well, I've done it before at Weaver State. Mm-hmm. and uh it was interesting they had a guy in there that was a complete slug and got fired ah that's yeah. hard to get fired from academia oh he was Santa Claus shit. and he wrecked all the files i had essentially um oh, who was that 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 that, that, that uh, the kind of geeky guy that was the the musician that that did the GI Bill. Uh, James. James. James, I kind of had James. Yeah, had James' job, and um, I ran all the, the the GI Bill guys for Weber State. Okay. And I knew that much <laughs> about the GI Bill. Yeah, know? and it's only that knowledge came from you using your own. Exactly. To, yeah. Which wasn't even around anymore. It was all Montgomery stuff, and that was different. But, you know, it's like everything else I learned it. I, I got a good crew in. I had an excellent crew. Uh, they taught me what they knew, and, and, and we essentially rebuilt the program. Wow. And uh, and then when I went to uh, to USU, I brought all that knowledge and ability with me. Mm-hmm. That 
convinced them that I would be a good candidate. So awesome. Awesome. And there I was. Well, yeah, the, uh, the veteran support center, when I got to Utah, kind of draw a picture, it was fall of 2013. And it was just like a closet basically. Oh God. The one with a different colored tile. Yeah. It was so oh, tiny, <laughs> but, uh, but I remember getting a form email from you. I'm sure it was, you know, the work study putting emails in the BCC line or whatever. But I thought, okay, well, you know, free coffee. I'll check it out. I knew and, that'd be a draw. Yeah. yeah it, it never can underestimate that free coffee as a college student. What a deal. No and it just, uh, I it, I got uh, lulled into uh, just a networking opportunity every time I, I stepped in there. And uh, then... You guys moved upstairs to the nice big space where I guess they, they still the are. Room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally sweet. You know, a little couple of I off so many people. Good. When we got that room. Good. I mean, literally everybody in the union was mad. The <laughs> only one that wasn't mad was me and the president of the university, who's the guy that worked it for me. Wow. No, that's um that is one hell of a legacy because that that place oh, yeah. is just awesome. Um, it is. I haven't see. I went there. I was last there about a year ago. I went by for a visit, and I mean, it still just looks incredible. Great flow to the place. Um, you know, they're still still doing Are a lot of good. Paul's left. Uh, yes, I I've spoken with Paul. He's uh, in Tennessee these days. Yeah, um, and they hired a guy from uh, uh, housing who is a veteran. Okay. Fantastic. That was my biggest fear. They don't understand the need to have somebody from the clan yeah. in that, you know, yeah. so, but and, they, they did good. Yeah. <clears throat> and certainly placing that, that veteran requirement does narrow the talent pool, but it's like, well, then yeah. it should just make it easier. Whoever does emerge, that's the guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, all the acronyms, you know, yeah. Custom yeah. doesn't bother you. Exactly. Yeah. That's a biggie too. Yeah. Um, I, heard about that a lot <laughs> yeah i uh i left left the veteran support center came out out here to new york and ended up at a veteran service organization which while it supports veterans it's still it's more of a corporate america vibe to it uh yeah you know it doesn't make it a bad thing by any means uh but yeah well, I, I really had to police my language live. you know yeah that's how normal people live that's what i tell myself yes know? yes um, and now, uh, now I work for a podcasting company where, um, you know, I, uh, I sexually assaulted my boss for a bit and it was like, bravo, well done. Yeah. So, uh, definitely a different, different work environment. Um, but I have to say, uh, you know, being a veteran, uh, certainly helped to prepare me and, um, yeah. In ways you never suspected. Exactly. But uh, yeah. but awesome. So what made you and your wife uh, choose North Carolina for uh, retirement? Well, Fort Bragg okay. is the home of special operations. Yes. There's There were two, three special forces groups there. The 82nd Airborne Division is there. Matter of fact, that's the first place I went uh, when I came back from overseas mm -hmm. was to Fort Bragg to the 82nd. Wow. And uh, another war story. I was walking down the street, dragging a duffel bag, trying to find the unit I was supposed to go to. I was <laughs> on a riding lawnmower with a t-shirt on, no hat, you know, and he's mowing the lawn. 
Yeah. I said, stopped him. I said, hey, bud, do you know where uh, such and such a, a battalion is? He goes, stops. He goes, wait right there. And he gets into the thing. He puts on his shirt, puts on his beret. And he was a sergeant major in 5th Special Forces Group. Holy and he said, cow. who are you calling bud? Oh, crap. Uh, well, I'm going to die now. Yeah. <laughs> but he was very good about it. It was kind of funny, you know? Yeah. So he was, he's, for those who don't know, he was at the highest enlisted rank he could be. And I was just four up from the bottom, Jeez. you know? And um, one thing it took, I took away from that was if they've got sergeants major mowing lawns, I do not want to go to special forces because I can't imagine what they'd have an E4 doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. No, but, thank uh, you. That's another one of those plans that went right down the crapper, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. probably probably just as well, you know. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but actually, I, I cleaned back. The, the last official function I performed as a major was to clean a latrine. Wow. And I did it with a sergeant major. Who? You know why? Because no, it needs to be done. Fantastic. Well, I, there I, we, you know, I think that's a, a great attitude, too, just not to be above anything. Yeah. They were good guys to work with. And uh, I, I found that by and large, you, you meet your, as you know, you, your, your fair share of, of, of people that are oxygen bandits when, you, when you're in the, in the military. Oh, yes. But 99% of them are pretty solid people that you trust. Yeah, and it was usually even in the worst times imaginable, a, a fairly productive and positive experience. Even when it was really really bad, mm-hmm. everybody's still you know working towards whatever the goal was, and that 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 stays with me a lot. Yeah. I, I miss that's everybody misses. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it ain't here. It, yeah. it really isn't in civilian life, but yeah. yeah. Now, is there anything, looking back on your experience, is there anything you would have done differently? Sounds like you're glad you didn't go into special forces, but, you know, maybe something else that uh, would have been fun. You know, like I said, I'm going to be 70 years old in July. Woohoo! And I know, where did this come from? Which makes you 69 now. Nice. I I, I don't want to say that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I am 69. Fantastic. But... One of the things that you do as you go through there is you sit back and you ask yourself, you know, was this all worth it? Yeah. You know, you know, you take the shit with the sugar. That's part of the deal. Sure. But was this all worth it? And what I found out by going over this, because I'm retired, I have nothing better to do with my time, is that for everything you change, mm-hmm. you change something else. Exactly. You know, and I'm at a pretty good spot right now. I was in a pretty good spot at the Veterans Support Center. Yeah. I was generally in pretty good spots in the military. Good people around me, people that loved me and supported me and watched out for me. For sure. I don't want to change any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I would not mind doing it again. Really? But I wouldn't change anything. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. But I want to remember what I know now, you know? So I, Yeah, I, yeah. Make I, it easier for the second. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. no, I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Wouldn't change anything. And, uh, and it sounds like you're enjoying yourself out in uh, North Carolina. We were talking earlier about you've been out there, what, almost six we years now? We actually been here 12 years all total. I, I, I was stationed here oh, once as an enlisted guy, twice as an officer, plus I went to college out here for my undergrad. Wow. 
just down the street from where I live at Campbell College, the home of the fighting camels. All home, right. home. <laughs> yeah, I got thrown out of a basketball game for doing that because it was a Baptist school. I thought hump, hump, hump was dirty. No, you're <laughs> talking about the, what is it, the Bactrian camel? They got two humps? Absolutely. Two humps are always better than one hump. Yes. You know? Yeah. But we tried to explain that to the faculty member, myself and my buddy George. He wouldn't believe it. So we went to his, his house and drank bourbon all night long. So, ah, well, nothing wrong with that. They <laughs> caught us doing that too, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They kind of looked down on, on alcohol consumption there. Oh. Just it a was bit. A, no, you weren't supposed to have any alcohol within 25 miles of campus. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. It's not just a religious, you said Baptist school. Yeah. Yeah. It's not anymore. Yeah. You know, but it was, they, they, they tended to turn a blind eye to the veterans. We had to go in for a chapel every Wednesday. Oh, boy. Right? So they sent you to the auditorium. Everybody went On in. hump day. Yeah. I mean, of all huh? days. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they sent you on a Wednesday, and you, you sit down for chapel. And the first time we went in, they had this lady at the door, and she'd look at us because we were obviously older than anybody else. Sure. And they say, are you a veteran? I'd say, well, yes, I am. She was okay, you can go upstairs. So we went upstairs, and we are sitting there. What it was is they knew we were going to sleep. Yeah. So they separated us out from the other students so we wouldn't contaminate the youngsters. And they just left us alone up here. After about 20 minutes, a guy came up, explained to us, we're going to leave you guys alone up here. Just don't make a lot of noise. And we'll come and wake you up when the <laughs> sermon's over. <laughs> so it's like, cool, what a great school. Yeah, yeah so uh, it worked out well for us, you know. I mean, so, they should have, you know, since especially since you're going through ROTC, you should have kept you awake so you'd be ready for PowerPoint presentations. Didn't have PowerPoint back then. Well, Didn't I'm have sure to... there was some other sleep-inducing presentation you had to sit through, oh, yeah. especially if you were in intelligence. My well, God. Not if you were giving us all flip charts. Ah, wow. Flip charts and little plastic things you put over a overhead projector. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I didn't cell phone until I uh, uh, got back to the States from Germany in 91. Didn't have yeah, well, I'm yeah. old. I am old, Andrea. <laughs> or as I like to say, experienced. I I saw someone with a Tamagotchi the other day and just I haven't yeah. seen one in twenty five years, you know. But uh, but yeah, that's funny, like the old technology, you don't really think about it because you're just so used to the newest, latest, greatest thing. I'll tell you how it is. I went through grad school without Google. How do you do it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have four, four brain cells that I was not using at the time because I was working and going to grad school. Oh, God. You know, and it, uh, I was completely right. I'd, I'd watch TV shows for the hour a week I had off. Mm -hmm. And for the life of me, could not remember what the show was about. I Yeah. It was, it was scary. I was going to ask a doctor if that was normal, you know. But I, uh, it kind of is. I, I would yeah. do that a lot of times on the train coming home from work you know living out here when you know work tempo was especially high and stressful and it's like i'd listen to a podcast it just turned my brain off just, yeah exactly which is always a good idea on, on a stabby stabby well, subway train to turn, turn your brain off. off and not be yeah. aware. you gotta turn it on though when you when you're done that's yes. important yeah, yeah that's very important but uh awesome well uh do you have uh any Words of advice for anyone. You had some words of advice for someone looking to retire, but anyone looking to go into the military, any words of wisdom, like don't do it or get a time no, machine? I, you know, 
Um, there, do you remember Joseph, that little Korean, 17 year old Korean kid that was hanging around the vet center all the time because he liked U.S. military? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brag right now going through uh, special forces school. Wow, good I for was, him. Uh, no kidding. That's you know? amazing. I would I would tell anybody nowadays who's thinking about going in the military to sit down and talk to somebody like you that can tell them what the military is really like. Don't ask them about the high speed, low drag stuff. Yeah. This is what I did when I thought of becoming an officer. It wasn't on anything. I wanted to make sure it was the right move. Yeah. Uh, I would ask people, what's your day like? When do you get up? What do you do? What do you do after that? What do you do after that? When do you get to go home? Mm -hmm. You know, ask them stuff like that. What's your everyday life is like? Yeah. You know what what it really is, you know? And uh, they'll generally tell you the truth. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. And and then they then then you'll say the person with no experience in the military that sounds great, and the veteran will say no 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 <laughs> yeah. let me explain you, <laughs> you yeah. know. But no seriously it's it's uh, I, I think we mentioned this before the the, the show started. Um, it's like changing high schools. Yes. You know, when you when you're at that age, you walk into one of those high school, you don't know anybody. You don't know where your locker's at. You can't remember your combination. You you generally aren't going to remember your schedule nope. or where the classrooms are or who the good teachers are yeah. or where you can eat lunch or who the bad crowd is. You don't know any of that stuff when yeah. you go into the military. They'll use words that you don't understand. Yeah. They'll use swear words that, for me, I had never heard before. <laughs> Sure, it was physically impossible to do, you know, but I wasn't sure. I was 17, you know. Yeah, uh, you'll do things you never thought you could do, and some of them yes. are going to hurt, mm-hmm. you know, but you're going into a grown up world. That's right. And no one's going to let you adjust to it. You're either in it or you're not. So just have go in with, with reasonable expectations and understand it's going to take you two years before you figure anything out. Yep. Or in my case, four years. So, yeah, yeah well, as a slow learner, you were on the accelerated program. <laughs> oh God, it took me so long, <laughs> but it was mostly fun. Yeah, well, that, that's what they told me. Oh, after your first enlistment, you should re-enlist because you only are really figuring stuff out. And it's like, well, I figured it out, and I don't like it. So, oh yeah. I'm, well, I'm no, and that's fine. You've still done more. Yeah. Than ninety-three uh, percent of the rest of the country does. Sure. No, I, and I, I don't regret it by any means, but, uh, you know, certainly for me, there was that nagging feeling of, oh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be right now. You should move on having done your duty and done it well. Yeah. 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 That's the deal. not supposed to suck your soul. I got out of 21 because frankly, I was doing pretty well and I enjoyed what I was doing and it felt right. Yeah. And getting out of 21 felt right. By the way, for your listeners, that's 21 years service, not 21 years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were, uh, what, 24 when you got out to go back to college? Yes. Okay. No, I was, uh, so I was 24 when I went to college. Mm-hmm. And then I was 38, 39 when I retired. Young man. So, yeah. Life's a trip. I, uh, I, if I played my cards a little bit better, I'd stay in another another year or two I could be retiring but as it stands my enlistment is up in 29 hours so 
<laughs> and thank you for a job well done. <laughs> yeah, as I hit my microphone. One, one bit of advice. Don't throw all your stuff away right away. I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I did. I earned it. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, those steel jackets are comfortable. Oh, you yeah? Know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I threw all my all my Army stuff away. I kept a couple of odds and ends. Yeah. And then I picked up hiking, and I thought, well, hell. Yeah. Now I got to buy all this junk, you know? Yeah. I didn't – I had – like my sea bag was put together by the time, cause I was out for a few years between active duty and reserves. I had a full sea bag when I went back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, haven't thrown anything out this time oh, around. Yeah. Not sure if I will, but yeah. yeah. Where, I found, uh, um, later. Got time for one more story. Of course. I was sitting on the edge of the drop zone, the leading edge. So the aircraft comes this way to drop paratroopers, right? Yep. And we were setting up in here. We we're supposed to be security on this drop zone. We didn't even know the guys where they were jumping, right? Yeah. We were just kind of there. And we were watching them land. And so we were laughing because some were landing bad and some were landing good. And, you know, we had a lot of fun. All of a sudden, whoa, something hits the ground right in front of me. And I just about shit my pants, you know? Oh, yeah. Maybe five feet. And it was somebody's rucksack. Oh, shit. And you have a lowering line that's supposed to hook on uh -huh. the operative frame being supposed, and the lowering line was still hooked to the duck to the rucksack, but apparently he had forgotten to hook the top part to his harness. Oh no! So it, hit, it went through trees, so it did hit real hard. But that's why they tell you where you they want you to wear a helmet on drop zones in case you get hit by a rucksack. Like that's going to stop that forty five pound dead weight. But still. yeah, that's still going to actually load my spine oh, yeah. and snap my neck. But so we're sitting there and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. These guys all do their thing and they get together and they walk over the edge of the drop zone. They get on trucks and they, they take off. And we're like, nobody wants this rucksack. <laughs> okay. So I went out and, and I opened it up and I looked at it. And there was a couple of uniforms, a sleeping bag, all my, all, all this army gear. None of them had name tags on. So I had no idea who it belonged to. So I got essentially a complete field issue from whoever that little angel up in heaven was that dropped that rucksack <laughs> almost out of my head uh, yeah. that I carried around. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd go and I'd change stations. I'd replace stuff, yeah. you know, so I always always had good stuff in the rucksack. And oh. that was my, my going to work bag, you know? Yeah, there you go. So it worked great. And then I pawned it when I got out like a fool. And I wish I had, but well, that's yeah. his life. Yeah, you you learn live and learn. As long as I have the storage space, I think I'll hang on to my uniforms. But yeah. um, you'll be surprised what will have meaning for you in five years. Yeah, or ten years, or twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You'll be surprised. Yeah, and if you ever lose your job, you always got that stuff to pawn. That's you know? true. So that's, that's at least a case of beer. So. Well, and depending on my, my re-entry code, I mean, I might just be able to jump right back in. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but I think the economy's bad enough they they can turn me down, perhaps. Oh, who would do that? Ah, Only a fool. <laughs> well, it could happen. I'm old enough. Hold that thought. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, awesome, awesome stories. And I uh, appreciate you sharing your experience with everyone and uh, as well as with the uh, the advice, especially with the transition, invaluable because, I mean, not only did you go through your own, but of course, working in the Veterans Center and everything else. I mean, you. you That's have... everybody else's. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, you're going to get out. Yep. You got to plan and for it. Right. And this is the real world. Yeah. And it's not nearly as much fun. And you don't do as nearly as many cool things. But this is normal. 
Yes. Yes. Normal. Struggle with that. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, hey, adjustments are always, uh, always uncomfortable. Not painful, mm-hmm. but usually uncomfortable. Well, not usually painful. No. Yeah. But, uh, well, Roger, I sincerely appreciate it. And I'd uh, love to have you on again uh, in the future. Maybe we can cover a current events topic uh, affecting the military. But uh, I would love to do that. Always a pleasure. All right. Have uh, Congratulations have... On, on where you landed. Oh, thanks so much. You've done well. <laughs>